Bienvenidos and welcome to the Voces Podcast. My name is Ana Lucia Lopez Reboredo, and I am your host. Today's guests are Vivian Vivi Santana and Isaac Zones. This year, Isaac and Vivi are celebrating 20 years as a couple. Isaac identifies as being Jewish with mixed Sephardic and Ashkenazi heritage, and Vivi as a Chicana and child and grandchild of immigrants from Jalisco, Mexico. From the first moments of getting to know each other, their families and cultural ethnic identities have been at the center of their bonding, with both of them holding a genuine interest to support the other and holding onto that connection. Isaac is a Jewish musician and Vivi is a health educator in the Latino community. They are proud parents of their five-year-old son, Moises, who is now the center of their world. Welcome, Vivi and Isaac. Yay, I'm so excited. This is the first time that we have a couple as guests on this podcast, so I'm particularly moved by what will come from this conversation. Let's start by hearing from the two of you. Can you each introduce yourselves and share your connections to both the Latin and Jewish communities? I'm Vivi. I, I'm Chicana. I'm the oldest of, I don't know, like 26 grandchildren. And the, there's probably like 15 great-grandchildren. And my mom is the oldest of eight. And I kind of grew up with all of my aunts and uncles very close to me. And I grew up Catholic and grew up um, in middle and high school. I went to Catholic schools. We learned about Judaism in our religious studies um, classes, but like not until college did I like meet Jews and I met Isaac and we met in college. I was um, 20 or 19. I was born and raised in San Francisco. Both my parents were very assimilated in their upbringings. They both grew up in the Bay Area also. And they sent me to a Jewish day school to basically learn about being Jewish. And I was like coming home and teaching them things, which was fun for me. My kind of, big transition point happened when I went to Camp Tawanga. I was 19 and I was a counselor there and um, I learned to play guitar that summer and I kind of fell in love with Jewish music, mostly through the song sessions and just the excitement um, around music and dancing. Uh, Wonderful. It sounds like both of you were and are truly rooted in your culture, which is beautiful to see. And so my next question, and Vivi alluded to it by saying you met in college, is what brought the two of you together? Yeah, Vivi and I met in college. I was in my senior year. She was in her sophomore year. It was a small college, so we kind of knew each other. (laughs) There was a bunch of little interactions that we had, but um, yeah, there was like a big thing that happened on campus. And it like, it just melted everyone's minds. It was the culmination of a bunch of like kind of racially motivated hate crime type things on campus. And, um, And like school just like shut down for a day and it culminated in this huge rally with like helicopters flying around and um, and the teacher, it was a teacher whose car it had been that was like the victim and they had sort of been quiet. But then at this rally with all the news cameras there, they came out and gave this like really stirring speech. And, and then we all went on spring break the next week and got an email that was like, the FBI has concluded that the teacher vandalized their own car. <laughs> Which was sad. That was really sad. Yeah, was but really there was sad. like so much really great like work that happened amongst like student activists and leaders and stuff. And so I was like uh, the head of the Latino organization and Isaac was part of the. I was the head of the Jewish Student Union. Just from the get go. 
it was really nice to be able to like talk about and reach those parallels of being in the U.S. and just the pulse to try, uh, you know, leave your culture and, you know, problematizing it. You know, I don't know. It was just very, it was a good conversation. We both. Well, a couple of days so later, we kissed for the first time in the middle of it. Baby had like a, wait, I'm not Jewish. Is this okay? Uh, moment, which I thought was hilarious. Uh, yeah, I, I think it was just like my ignorance around like, like you're Jewish and like, are you only supposed to be with like Jewish women? And, you know, I don't think that we were thinking long term at all at that moment. But um, but I think I, it was just like in my confused state I, that came up in my mind. But I, I mean, it's true. Like, I think I didn't know very much about any just the diversity within the Jewish community. Totally fair. I mean, our, our own community doesn't even know how diverse we are, uh, which is why we have this podcast. So <laughs> no worries. But let's fast forward. When you actually started to think about the long term, what was that transition like for you? I can imagine as folks who are rooted in their cultural identities, you had some important conversations. How did you navigate building something together? something new, yet deeply grounded in the traditions that are so important to you? Yeah. Well, okay. So I think we, my uncle had a conversation was like, do you need help getting out of this relationship? Because it's like, <laughs> are been, you, we've been together like eight years. At that yeah. Point. And they're like, are you just in it? Because you can't break up. Yeah. And so I was like, no, I love him. And I think we're going to like be together forever. And he was like, really? Like we have no idea. And just in my family, it's more like you pretty quickly, if you're going to be with this person, you either have a child or you have, or you get married. And so um, I think we started having those conversations about like committing and what does commitment look like? And what, what does marriage look like for us? And I think that we started building the idea of a mind and uh, in our minds of like what is family what and then I think having this ceremony was partly so that to communicate to my family like now we we all are family and, and almost immediately like I think the relationship with my mom and my grandparents changed for you like they embraced you pretty quickly. We had a Vivi's mom and I had a come to Moses moment I'll say about 2 weeks before our wedding where yeah, like we we went from like kind of being in a hard place to really like having it be very sweet. And it's been that way since like very, very open and sweet. I, I would be curious to ask more about to my family about the, the Judaism part. But like, you know, we had braced, we had talked about broached the subject about Judaism a long time ago with my family. And s- somehow related to that, I was doing these Shabbat dinners. Uh but, you know, we we bought a huge brisket and made a bunch of matzo ball soup. And we use it as an opportunity to, like, teach people about Shabbat and about Judaism. And we gave different families, like, homework assignments. Like, what is challah? You know, like, uh, stuff like that. And then we, we even did at the beginning. So this is all before we got married a couple of years. But we I think we had we had people go get into dyads and share. What's the first time they remember meeting a Jew? I think that was the most interesting one. But the I remember Vivi's grandma was like, in Guadalajara, I worked in the diamond business for Jews and they were awful to me. Like that was like her answer that she wanted to share. And um, and then somebody maybe said that they learned about Jews from reading Anne Frank when they were young. And then a lot of Vivi's cousins were like, well, for meeting Isaac was like how we learned about Jews, uh, which was kind of cool for me, I guess. 
so anyway, so that's kind of the backstory of like preparing for this Jewish ceremony. I think I we did talk to people and um I will say that we served the matzo ball soup and they're like, where's the lemon and the tortillas? Like this isn't soup. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't fault them for knowing what makes soup good. And and clearly just hearing the story, you two are clear are allies for one another, and that's beautiful to see. Now I want to transition a little bit to the wedding. Spoiler alert, they got married <laughs> and you purposely planned a wedding ceremony that honored both of your cultures. And, and I can imagine that didn't come without its own challenges and moments of, of potentially being lost in translation, not just for yourselves, but more, I'm talking specifically for your families. Can you share some of those learnings and can you share why you chose to get married at Camp Tawanga, which is a Jewish summer camp in Northern California, and how you blended Latin and Jewish traditions into your ceremony? I think the thing we sent out our invitations and on the invitation, it's like at this time is the Tish and at this time is the chuppah ceremony. And at this time is the Yehud and like all these words. And Vivi's mom, I think, um, reached out to her and she was like, I feel like I'm going to be a stranger at my own daughter's wedding. I don't know what any of this means. And, you know, and she had like all these feelings about it. And I was like, oh, hell no, she's not talking shit about our Jewish wedding. Like I was which I think led to our 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 conversation that we had a couple of weeks that kind of like, you know, just made everything go well. But ultimately, I think Vivi's mom just needed an explanation of like, what were these terms um, to get a better understanding of what was going on? And there was like some unknowns about like having a tish, like that wasn't a normal thing or something that people had seen before, I guess. And we chose Camp Tawanga. I think partly we wanted, we wanted relationship building to be like at the base of it. And so we were like, it would be so awesome to get to have like a weekend long where we just like love our family and our friends. And we just wanted to spend more time together. I think one thing really smart that we did was we had Vivi's family and a couple of my family come a day early and we did a lot of bonding, but we also basically asked them to lead different parts of the weekend. So it kind of pushed them into like leadership roles to they were they had to take responsibility for things to go well. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like your family was sort of like the heroes of the weekend, like everybody loved them. And they were kind of the center of attention. And yeah, they stepped up. And I think uh, all of our friends who came were really excited to like, celebrate them. I, I remember at my Tish, you know, which was all the men, essentially, Vivi's grandpa sang this song, Cien uh, Años, like, about, you know, being 100 years old, uh, as a, with a couple and it was like the total tearjerker, like emotional moment in my tish with all the men, you know, which included all of like my white middle-class Jewish guy friends from Camp Tawanga. And so there was just like a lot of things like that, where, you know, I think we, we got to like highlight people in Vivi's family and they got to show themselves. And I think they were happy to do that and appreciate and liked it. Yeah. And then part of the ceremony, my, my stepdad, he's like in a trio and his trio like sang songs throughout um La Virgen de Guadalupe like we had an altar for her there that I gave her like roses and we had some things in English and in Spanish to try to include my grandparents oh that's amazing now although it hasn't been mentioned i would imagine that discussions about conversion or religious practices in your home were likely discussed at some point in time or were brought up by family and friends. How did you address these topics while planning for a Latin Jewish household and the, the life that you're wanting to create together? It's funny. I think so much of my identity as a Jew comes from like 
my family history and like my upbringing and stuff. And it, it, it's not focused around like religious beliefs or even rituals necessarily. So I think, I think I felt fine with her being who she is and me being who I am. And that's enough. Like it doesn't need to be different. I, I don't think we've ever had a conversation about conversion. Like when we moved in together, she had a cross up on the wall and I was like, I, I'm sorry, but I can't. So like, there's been those kinds of things. Um, and I, it, it's funny, like I remember kind of early as Sean in our relationship, maybe four or five years into it, Vivi voluntarily took a, a Hebrew class at the JCC in San Francisco. And I was like, okay, that's cool. And I, maybe I asked her, like, why was she motivated? And she's like, well, if we ever have kids together, I don't want it to just be the burden of you to teach them like Hebrew. And that was totally like a tearjerker moment for me. And it's funny, like our son is Moises. And I think even years before we like were seriously talking about having a kid, we were like, we would talk about our child as if their name was Moises. Like, you know, I think there were ways that we were already creating like a Latino Jewish household in our minds before before we even decided to get married or any of that. I mean, I think that the, kind of it kind of goes back to like our our initial conversation when we first met and we when we were first getting to know each other around assimilation and around, and around like what are the pieces of of our identities in our culture that we would want to have present and continue on and to like I guess make us feel whole and I think for me, like connection to my family and to my people, and I think language is so key to that, you know, and and I can see like that, that that's what's um, starting to dissolve within my own family that I would want to be like an advocate for that. Honestly, I think like for me, like just the religion part and around Catholicism, Catholicism's role in the oppression and like of indigenous people and of my own people that like I, I just started to feel less connected to that and th that's not true of like the rest of my family but it I started to feel like that wasn't uh, a focus where I wanted to have in our home and I just love spirituality and so I think like like I could find that in Judaism more much more so than Isaac sometimes but um it was a given that we would raise our children Jewish ah Tell me more. Why was it a given that your household would be Jewish? Probably early in our relationship, maybe I would have made that clear that that would be important to me. Or I honestly, it'd probably be a like hard for me to imagine having a child that doesn't have a clear sense of their Jewish identity. I guess for me, I also really think of it as like a lineage familial thing where it's like, well, you can say that he's not Jewish, but I know that he's Jewish. Like it just isn't you know, like to me, it's not a question. I think I do see like Jews who don't have a Jewish identity as being like victims of assimilation. And, and that's something that I am often trying to take a stand against for myself and for other Jews around me. And, and I think Vivi also feels the same. Uh, you know, both of us are wanting to find our ways where we can um, take a stand against assimilation for our own people and cultures. And so, and we don't have a Christmas tree in the house, but we live in a duplex with Vivi's best friend, live downstairs. They're super into Christmas. They've got a Christmas tree. Um, they're always trying to get my sister to come, like decorate it with them. Like, and I, I don't love it, but I'm also like, I'm not gonna like die on this hill, kind of thing. And and we do Christmas big with Vivi's family, or feels big to me at least. And um, talks about Christmas, but I also like 
I'm, you know, we, he listens to these podcasts in Spanish and the entire month of December, all the podcasts were about Christmas. And I was like, let's just take a break. So, I mean, he still like is bringing up Navidad and talking to me about Santa Claus now in February, but I kind of am a little like, who's Santa Claus? Like, I never heard of that guy. Like, guy, <laughs> like, tell me what you what you think about him. So, and yes, like I wanted to be part of creating that knowledge base. And I, I'm not always, I'm, I don't know everything, but like I I would, I want Moises to feel like it's not just like his and Abba's thing, but it's like all of our thing. So, and I'm not a pushover just so. <laughs> but. Well, okay. So the other side of that is a couple months before Moises was due to be born, we had an anniversary dinner and we were like, are we going to? like really try to speak only Spanish with our child. And I was like, why don't we speak Spanish over dinner and see like how it goes. And we ended up speaking for about two hours in Spanish, which I didn't think I had in me, you know, and there were some like bumpy points of like throwing in English here and there. But I think after that, I was like, okay, I think, I think I can do it. Like, let's go for it. So I think that's been like a big stand against assimilation uh, around Latino culture is that Moises still only, we only speak Spanish with him. He only speaks Spanish. Anyway, I think there's places where both of us have like, you know, tried to step up and be good allies around creating a household that it captures, encapsulates both of these traditions. I, t- I get that. I totally get that. So let's fast forward five years. You have a beautiful family. And Isaac's active participation in numerous Jewish communities makes it also easier, I think, to connect to so many different levels of of Judaism and Jewish practice, Jewish celebration, Jewish experience. But I also know that the Latin heritage piece is also key to your family structure. So what practices do you engage in as a whole, as a family, to maintain and celebrate that part of your heritage? Um, we live in on the edges of the Fruitvale neighborhood. Um, and Which is a Latino neighborhood in Oakland. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we go to mi tierra and we, we, you know, I feel like I, which is a Mexican, um, grocery store and try to like, you know, talk about, I don't know, we're just buying stuff, but for him to feel like at home there, I feel like I grew up feeling at home at, in some, in some of these grocery stores and like, you know, he had, he was like four years old being sent to the grocery store to get things by herself yeah. for the family. But, or like, you know, having, getting to taste the like tamarindo candy or like just starting to, for him to have those flavors in his mouth uh, or just even feeling like, oh yeah, there's Spanish being spoken around me. And it's not just like in our house. And then he goes to a, a Spanish speaking preschool co-op Um where um it's like it's not to like learn spanish but it's like assuming that people speak spanish in their home we have friends that live downstairs they have a child who's a few years older than my says they only speak spanish in their house and the kids speak spanish with each other there's like a lot of latino immigrants on our block who you know only speak spanish or predominantly spanish and then i think we're i think we have a lot of friends who like are also choosing to speak spanish with their children and we we like get them together you know and he, he has his little crew of people who he can like feel at home with and feel himself and some of them are jewish also and then you know and then also like getting to visit my family for him to like know that his grandfather like plays in bands and like this, this, this song, this trio song is a song that like, um, Ito plays and like, or for him to connect, be connected to like cumbias and reggaeton and just like uh, old, 
old like nursery songs that like I my grandma would and my great grandma would sing to me and so I feel like it's more about like kind of the memory like me trying to pass on my memories to him you know and for him to be able to like have that in his heart as well awesome now, as we wrap up this conversation, I want to I want to lift up that there are many families like yours who are listening to this podcast, and I'm sure it's affirming to hear your story. So, for those that are listening and and might be feeling alone, living the reality that you've articulated, what would you like to tell them? What would you want to let folks know who are about to begin and who are about to embark on a on bringing together? Latin and Jewish families together for the first time. What what is what are your words of advice? What do you want people to know? Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I think it is like like welcome and like we we're looking for you. You know, like <laughs> yeah. we want we want to be together and like you know I don't know. It doesn't have to be a certain way. It doesn't even have to like you can be you and we can be us. But I think that there is something very special about having both getting to have both identities coexist at the same time and maybe us as adults might need whatever to like um get, have our chemistry but we have each other in community but we definitely like can do this for the young people so that they have each other too i would you know it's funny like i, I can only imagine for moises things have gone or will go so much better than someone of your age or our generation analysia but the like you know we we still are kind of faced of like are we going to send him to like a spanish speaking preschool and the one he goes to is the only jew there and and I'm probably reading into it, but I can see like, well, it looks like he's struggling to make friends or like, you know, it seems like he might be a little weird or different or something because he's Jewish. But um, like, you know, it, it, and there is, I guess, a degree of awkwardness of like us trying to make friends with the parents that we don't know or haven't met before or, you know, but I think it's like worth the effort because I know it's going to be such a great place for Moises ongoing and will be important for him to have like that community and a place where he knows that he's like just right. And just, you know, in all the right ways. Yes. Yes. Right on. Thank you so much, Isaac. And thank you so much, Vivi, the both of you for sharing your love, your story, and of course your wisdom to our audience. Thank you so much for your support this season. It's lifting up stories like that of the Santana zones family that makes this work so rewarding. Special thanks to our partner, Ola Mim, for co-sponsoring this episode and to Feedspot for recognizing the Voces podcast as one of the top 30 podcasts covering intersectional stories. We'll catch you in March for our next episode. Until next time, ciao.